0: Hey, guys, this is Shukai. Uh, Just letting you know that this episode is going to be spoiler heavy. So please do not listen to this unless you have already watched it or you don't care about spoilers. Without warning, let's get on with the show. (laughs) Uh, And that is the musical number coming from the one and only Martin. No,
1: (laughs) oh no,
2: (laughs) he said we didn't have an opening, so I just, no,
1: wait wait a minute here, no, what the fuck?
2: We're ready for the daily announcements. Oh god.
0: Here we go, All right. welcome to Shukai, where we talk about anime, manga, and anything J-pop related. I am your host Kevin, and I am joined by our wonderful opening person, Martin.
1: Hello, hello, did you all like my fucking stupid jittery right there? I hope you like it, because I personally don't.
0: <laughs> it's okay. As long as I shamelessly plug in your band, everything's going to be fine.
1: Oh yeah, hell, hell yeah, like, shameless plug, go go watch Driving Recklessly with Seatball.
0: Awesome. <laughs> Alright, and I am joined by...
1: I don't know how to do this again.
0: <laughs> oh my god. <laughs>
3: Well, you announced, Martin. How come I don't get a special announcement? I have to say my own
1: name. Introducing our fucking, the biggest boy of the boy like, our man of the G is here, Antonio!
3: Thank you, Martin. <laughs> I, I appreciate that introduction. <laughs> it, it's a lot more effort than Kevin put into it. I appreciate it. Hello, I am back. I
2: right,
0: welcome back. And I have a long-time returnee... Go ahead and introduce yourself.
2: Oh, okay. I get no intro as well, I see.
1: I'm not doing this again.
0: This time, you... Come on.
2: Come come on, G. Come on, G. (laughs) Okay, fine, fine. All right, I'll do it myself. Introducing the one, the only, the beautiful, the magnificent... Casey. That is... (laughs) Oh, this is
1: potato brain hours. I love
2: it.
0: Now with that, we... I just want to talk about how we all finally had the chance and the pleasure to watch Mamoru Hosoda's latest animated film, Bell. Now, Maya and I don't have to, like, shut up about it for the next three months, and we can finally talk about Bell! Ah! Oh,
1: are we ready for spoilers? Can we do spoilers? Right? We, right? We, yes, we yes. Could do,
0: we could do some amounts of spoilers, and... Uh, we'll just jump into the topics that we will be talking about. First things first, um, going down the, I guess, the Bell timeline. Um, Brian and I had the pleasure of going to Animations Film Fest to watch its North American premiere of Bell. So let's go ahead and like review about our experiences with that. Like, not only was it a red carpet event, but we also got to talk to the director himself which was super cool and like he's super chill about it and honestly I'm still kind of shocked that like he recognized me on the second day we were going there
2: <laughs> and
0: I
1: felt really
0: bad too I was just like oh, oh yeah. fuck
1: oh no he feels special he says he remembered you he, he, <laughs> Oh, oh we got that oh, on camera oh, on tape he's like he's just saying like oh it's, it's you from yesterday oh this guy the, the way his face lit up oh Oh my
0: god, don't even, don't don't exaggerate the situation here, alright? Oh, you
1: were ready. You were, you were, you were ready. (laughs) You were vibrating on that spot.
0: We got to see it in the Chinese movie theater, uh, the Chinese theater over at Hollywood. And all I gotta say is that the way the theater was able to actually overemphasize the sounds where everything about this movie definitely felt like a cinema. It's a very cinematic experience. And it definitely helped with the Chinese theater and Hollywood re- reverberating all the songs, all the background music that Bell is definitely enunciating. Uh, what about you, Martin?
1: How, how, how I enjoyed our time at Anime F- is Film Fest, the red carpet event. No, that was pretty cool. I like, I enjoyed seeing all the, all the people there, especially Mamoru Hosoda. I was, I was just going to remind the, everyone here that our man, G here was flipping the hell out. Oh God! But it was oh yeah, God. definitely a treat. As G was saying, I, it was my first time being at the Chinese theater, so I was always wondering, like, why? Like, what, what's so special about this? And it's it's a nice theater, and G makes some good points that it actually the sound there is actually a lot better. Man, oh man, I did enjoy that movie. Bell, like, uh, is it time for us to talk about that? That's our, our feelings with it?
0: Yeah, well, definitely have some time to get our feelings onto it. And then we'll kind of like bring it all together. Now that it's actually officially out in theaters, Casey and Antonio had the chance to watch the subbed and the dubbed version of that, right?
2: Mm hmm. Correct.
0: Um, what, what was your guys' experience with that?
3: It was very emotional both times. It does touch like unhung. Like, on so many subjects, like, I remember the second time it we went, f- when it was the English sub, I do remember seeing, like, you know, people come with their kids at the end. Like, yeah, it kind of is a children's movie, you could say. But it still does touch on all uh, subjects that are kind of heavy, you know?
0: What about you,
2: Casey? I mean, for me, surprisingly, the voice actors that they picked for this movie, there wasn't that many of big names. Um, I feel like they chose it more true to the character, and they were trying to find voices that fit to these character um personalities rather than just picking big names Uh, to be honest the only big name that i recognized was manny jacintos if anybody doesn't know who he is he's from the bad place or the good place. <laughs> the bad
3: place. Oh yeah. The bad place, you know. <laughs> Anyways, that's a different kind of spoilers.
2: Um <laughs> <I'm> so sorry. <laughs> um but other than that, the only like other names that I recognize was that but for minor roles, which was Lily Pichu and Pro Z D, they they did side character voices. So Oh, I didn't even know. I mean I, yeah. I didn't watch
1: it in, in English, so but that's actually pretty cool. Like, I like that.
2: Hell yeah. I'm glad they got the opportunity to stretch their, their voice acting skills. But um no, I'm I'm actually pretty happy that they decided to go in the direction of we're gonna find voices that fit these characters, not we're just gonna pick the names that get the attention to the movie. It it shows that they actually did really care about sent like communicating the message of the movie and the emotions uh from Japanese to English. And I really appreciate that.
0: Yeah. Um, from what I read, I believe they hire pretty young, uh, up and coming Broadway talent to actually voice the main character, Suzu. How, how was she there?
3: It was really fitting for the character watching both, you know, from Japanese to English. I feel like it does like she did an amazing job portraying the personality and characteristics like Suzu is supposed to have showing with like the nervous, the nervous vocal cords she gives off when she's trying to sing but can't switching from that to like when she actually sings.
0: Yeah, what about what about you Casey?
2: If you actually like go search for her this this role voice acting for Belle is the first big noticeable role that she has. Other than that, she's done like minor musicals and plays, I, I believe possibly Broadway or Off-Broadway. Don't quote me on that. I just remember that she was in musicals. I did check out her YouTube and it's amazing to see that she didn't really change her voice to fit the character. She, she was actually very much herself, which I, I appreciate that.
0: Yeah, like, I think they just put so much care and attention into this movie that's meant to actually be watched by international audiences. And I find it so super cool that they went through such great lengths into just incorporating an album to it, especially when music is such a big theme with this anime film. Other than that, what, well, it's pretty amazing. Now I can, again, Martin and I can finally just talk about it and just nerd out about everything. It's very moving for me too cuz I I normally don't have this much emotions onto it but this movie does such a great job of having me connect to the movie itself. And I think that's what Mamoru Hosoda does very often is that it, he definitely shows a lot of movies where the audience is able to connect with its film itself and its characters one way or another. Uh he did that for Wolf Children for me and definitely mirai and now uh with bell uh it's gotten up to the point where you know all the emotions are just welling up and they're just leaking out everywhere i'm just like "Ah!" (laughs) always
1: always knows how to make (laughs) me cry like oh oh yeah just let's just let the waterworks flow just drain me out of my fucking water through my eyeballs let's go
2: he demands your tears
0: not only that i think I don't know. How do you guys feel about it using the Beauty and the Beast backdrop with his Memorial Soda Magic of his, was it his third rendition of The Internet now?
1: He loves the Internet. Like, I have to admit that. He, he, every, a lot of his movies is always about the Internet, but always manages to take a brand new twist to it. It's, it's never the same thing. It's always different. Fuck like it.
0: Yeah. But then now it's just like Beauty and the Beast, but. In the internet. So how do you guys feel about the Beauty and Beast as a synopsis
2: of his film? Me, um, it it's actually one of the main points that hooked me onto the film in the first place. But when I went to go watch the movie, I was actually a bit disappointed, to be honest. It it's not the main factor of the movie and I understand why. I'm not gonna spoil anything, obviously, but it does help tie in additional things within the internet theme of like appearances and social status and whatnot but i was actually a bit bummed that it wasn't i don't know i feel like if you took it out it could still work
1: i i I could see what uh what casey is saying there it's like i i still but in 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 a good way it's still i i find it a good thing because you're still seeing more of Mamoro's soda story elements there instead of like just being it a copy and paste thing of like Beauty and the Beast it's like a differentiating there And one thing I also liked is right now, we always know that like when people say Beauty and the Beast, the first thing that comes to mind is Disney's Beauty and the Beast. So obviously, he doesn't want to take literally the same story aspects of it. And now it's the same movie. And then it's just it's not going to be his own unique film. But I I do appreciate that he deeply loves the story of Beauty and the Beast. And he's basically retelling his own story in his own unique way. It's it's kind of like I get how it's also disappointing, but it's also refreshing that like it still manages to be unique when you watch it. You're not going to be seeing the same thing, which I like.
3: But like, it is Beauty and the Beast, but different. It's just, you know, more, it's not necessarily folk, like focused on, you know, traditional, like Disney Princess movies where it's like, the focus shifts more onto like the romantic aspect, but you know, or like love interest, or s- similar. But it uses it as an element in the story, not necessarily in that way.
1: And it's definitely because of that you get the feel that it's Beauty and the Beast inspired, instead of like a Beauty and the Beast copy. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, and I- and I that's something appreciated onto that. So now that we got the. Hook, line and sinker synopsis out the way. Let's, let's go into details on like what actually separates Bell from its original, which is, I think it's going to be three major topics. First, it's just going to be like, uh, some of the themes that Bell touches on, which is ANH social etiquettes where a lot of like really heavy things actually pop up here, you know, like, uh, having a two-faced persona. And the thing that I actually really appreciate about the world of you which is the world that bell hangs out in is that it's so oddly accurate on like how it knows how you want to look like and what you secretly desire despite being a biotechnological virtual reality mumbo jumbo right but that just goes to show like there is a piece of us that wants to be portrayed and we want that portrayal to be loved by people that we don't know like we want this piece of us to be shown to get the likes to get the retweets to get the hearts and things like that but not only that it also goes into like how if you are to Peel away that persona or in this case in the real world we call it doxing and you it's unveil. like it's kind of funny on how they treat unveiling as it's like oh it's the worst thing that could happen to you on the internet i
1: mean have you seen like fucking youtube stars or twitch streamers or anything or even like the threat of doxing like it really it sucks man you don't want to get doxed
0: yeah. So, uh, definitely, uh, I think how Mamura Hosoda sort of decides to play this internet social etiquette in a global status is super interesting. And it's something that you can't really get out of Beauty and the Beast because the main theme of it is that beauty is only skin deep. So this one just goes above and beyond where it's just like, what if you are to peel away the skin? What if it's, what is whatever is underneath? can be good but it also has ability to be bad with the 5 million users that you occupies
3: another thing i i appreciate in another thing i appreciate in the film is also how it's accurate in how people respond to to certain things it's not always you know oh look like it doesn't go oh look at you you're doing your best good job yeah no it's a lot of people hate talking saying like this person isn't even good at their, what they're doing, like, this person sucks, like, why are they even trying? It's, like, it's just accurate in that aspect.
1: It's not sugarcoating that the fucking internet sucks.
3: Yeah, it's not sugarcoating, it's just that's how people on the internet are. They're rude, they're toxic, you know?
1: About all about getting that clout, you know, and if you're not meeting that image that people want to see, then you're not, like, worth that time or, like, the love and affection that people desperately want on the internet. It's It sucks, but that's kind of the reality of the situation.
2: It's even amazing how they covered all sides of it. They covered, like, you know, the black market kind of looking side with the as sketchy people. They covered, like, the indecent, like, lewd side of it. They even covered, like, the kids' angle.
1: They even covered, like, the fucking moderators, like, freaking taking control of how people should be on the internet and everything. Like, that. they, they even did that.
0: Honestly, when the justice people showed up, I was like, "Oh, wait, yep, these are social justice warriors." Or
1: it's Facebook bots. It's it's Facebook. It's not, it's like you're <laughs> getting bad from Facebook. That's basically what it is.
2: It's Reddit mods. <laughs> <laughs> Having this kind of like
0: two sided personas is definitely what. I think Mamoru Hosoda plays best in where there's not just there's a bad side and a good side. There's actually a lot of mix and variety of how we choose to display ourselves and what we truly are underneath. So moving on to that, um, we'll go ahead and touch on to the like a lot of the heavier stuff that's in Bell. I wouldn't say most prominently, but like, dude, Momoru Hosoda has some boss to, like show child abuse here. Like, holy fuck.
1: Oh, man. Oh man, that's a big talking point. I, I didn't, I didn't think you were gonna cover that, but yeah,
0: yeah. I think, I think so because, like, it just—it only goes to show, like, you don't see that in a lot of animated films that's quote, quote generally geared towards like young children or even like young teens or even young adults. It's very noticeable because you don't see that very often, or maybe even not at all. So it's a really tough topic to, like, address or even to mention. But, like, it it happens. And I got to give Hosoda big kudos just to, like, have it out there and just see that, hey, these things are possible. And I think if you put it in a film that's generally geared towards a young audience, it's not for them to ignore.
2: So the Sun K. Okay. I felt like his scene was very emotional and, and tugged at my heartstrings when he was having his monologue of saying, help us, help us, help us. That's what everyone says. It was, it was just very eye-opening to see from a kid's perspective where they could lose hope even though there are people out there saying they would help them. And it made it a lot more impactful in my opinion
3: yeah to add on to that it just shows they're not the first ones who have tried to help them out there have been other people people they know in like in real life that have tried to help them but haven't succeeded at all because the cycle keeps repeating and it's also an Refreshing scene. The movie touch on child abuse. Also, I feel like it was put there to push the point that it's not your fault you're being treated like this. It is never your fault that you're being treated like this to the children watching the film because you know they don't have control over the situation they're in. It's the paternal like the adult figure in their life that's lashing
0: out on them. While Belle does have the emotional side of the child abuse. Uh Let's go ahead and transition over into a lot of very, very heavy and very personal emotions onto it. Just like Kay has, which is grief, actually. Despite how the father figure was acting, he's acting out of grief. And then throughout the entire movie, grief is actually very apparent to two of the main characters, Belle and the Beast. Where both of them have very different ways of coping onto it whether it's healthy or not is up to debate but definitely with uh suzu or bell her way of not necessarily coping with grief but i believe even after watching the movie i still think that she is still trying to process it because that brought her physical and emotional trauma and she didn't have an outlet for that Instead, her outlet was losing the talent that she had connected with her mom, which was singing, which is why whenever she tried to sing, she would feel physically nauseated because how, how strong a connection singing is to the loss of her parental figure. And especially with the, even though we don't see it as much, um, if we move on to what's, what's the beasts? Room, it's just the Beast's room, right? In the original, where he keeps the um, the the rose is, is. Does he call it the Rose Room, or is it like his own personal room?
1: I don't think it has a name in Belle and in the original Beauty of the Beast. It's not really his. It's not like a Rose Room or anything. It's basically, but it, it's like the West Hall of the castle. I believe that's what they say. It's um. it's never really given. A designative name, but the place is supposed to be forbidden because it's supposed to be private, specifically to the beast. Because that's yeah. that's where all of his that's where he lets out his grief. In both in both cases, in both Belle and Beauty and the Beast, it's the same place where he doesn't want anyone else to be in there, and he just wants to be alone just to to shoulder all of that pain and suffering that he's endured. That's that's basically the the same thing. That's in both movies. It's that room.
0: Yeah. So with K, his way of processing grief is through the world of you and has a lot of hatred onto it as well. There's a portrait of a woman, but her face is completely punched in and crackled out. So he has a lot of pent up anger into it. But what I think he is most angry about is the fact that she is not in their lives anymore. And that's something that he can't control. And that's why he lashes out in the world of you.
1: I kind of find it interesting, too, that usually in in this case it's not like they leave it pretty vague and most people would assume that basically oh did the mom pass away or something like that but in this case you don't know maybe the mom left them which is a different case because it's like normally it's the husband of the family that leaves but like it's a very unique twist and based on what you were saying like the the picture looks like it's been punched out you don't really get the natural inference that she passed away or anything like that it, it seems lean more that she left the family and now it's kind of like caused this cascading effect of problems within their family household now where it's the dad is angry is now lashing against lashing out against his kids and everything like that
0: uh, how is how is grief played on to the dubbed version for you guys over um, with Casey and Antonio?
2: For me, they were able to portray it very well through the dub. I feel like it didn't get lost in translation. When it came to the emotion, though, that I felt, in all honesty, I didn't feel the pain of grief as much through the dub than the sub. I felt it way more in the sub that the daughter was very, Suzu, was very dependent upon her mother and that the singing was too. In the dub, it honestly actually felt like, she was like, it's my singing. It's all about my singing. It felt more like her grief was about not being able to sing.
3: Yeah, I can definitely see that point where it focused more on not being able to sing rather than the mother. It might just be like a few mistranslations at some parts, but I can definitely see where it's coming from. But in both, in both versions for Suzu, when she's in the beginning of the film, when she's trying to sing by the bridge, I feel like both versions did a really good job at showing trauma tied to losing her mother and therefore not being able to sing as well as the part where it's case monologue showing his anger. But uh, going back to the portrait a little bit, it does feel like he blames his mom in some sense, whether she left or whether she died. It feels like he does blame her and it's part of grief. He's showing a lot of anger. Maybe he just doesn't know where to direct it towards because maybe there isn't someone to direct it towards. It's just feeling angry and despair and not knowing how to process it and vent it out. So I feel like both versions did a good job at showing those emotions that come up because of grief.
0: With that being said, that's why the world of you exists. You know, in this case, Bell and the beast, they all suffered grief. They just have different ways of processing it through through the world of you because in the world of you, anything is possible. And but that kind of like tagline in there, you know, it's it's kind of like bound to happen that the beast would just settle his place onto the world of you. And have free reign of unleashing his anger and and venting out his frustrations. And then with Belle, she's able to let it out, share her grief with other people through her singing. Overall, I think Belle has touched a lot of really deep and like very relatable topics in this movie alone which I think it's like really hard to mix it all well together which is why it's so hard for me to like say that oh this is like the best Mamoru Hosoda yet or like etc etc but I feel like this is the one that actually connects to people the most being a Mamoru Hosoda fan Casey what is your thoughts and opinions on that like you and I are like Really big Mamoru Hosoda nerds. It's just really funny to think of it that way.
2: I do absolutely love this movie. Cinematically-wise, I feel like it's the most beautiful one yet. But story-wise, not the one at the top. I feel like Wolf Children or Boy and the Beast hit more story-wise to me. For those to name a few. Mirai as well. But when I think of the world development... That Mamoru Hosoda has been developing throughout each and every one of his works. This one definitely takes the cake because you know in Summer Wars they they had a similar digital world that was the internet basically, but for some reason you just felt more big and expansive than. The one in Summer Wars, it felt like it was literally on a global aspect. While in Summer Wars, yeah, they tried to, but it really felt centered in on Japan because that's where the story took place. But even though the the same could be same said for Bell, with how many characters he had in there speaking all the languages, especially in in dub. In dub, they actually like voiced the accents as well, and it definitely made it feel more global and impactful, which is what. I believe he wanted the movie to do, anyways, because it can reach audiences all over the world. Did that answer your question?
0: <laughs> kind of, uh, in a way, because like it's so interesting. At least for me, and I'm pretty sure for you guys as well. Kind of like do a deep dive into Mamoru Hosoda's previous works and like to see what kind of like things and different things he's able to touch on through each and every addition to his resume. But yeah, it's just really interesting on how it still has that Mamoru soda touch into it. At the themes and the topics can be so different from each other, except for the internet. He's done the internet at least three times. But
3: I love Digimon.
0: <laughs> I will fucking kill you. <laughs>
1: Digimon was amazing. What a, so what, why why give an hate on Digimon? It was great.
3: When we went after the movie I lo- I looked towards Kevin and told him it's like this is my favorite season of Digimon yet.
2: <laughs> oh. <laughs> ah! pushing his buttons
0: let's go ahead and close it up i think a much more light-hearted topic which was i think the differences in the songs at least and how both variations of the musical theme and obviously the moral carries the weight of bell so
2: oh my god yes let's let us talk about the wonderful music
0: <laughs> <laughs> like it's so funny because when i was talking to casey i was like oh hey casey what's your favorite songs and she's listed them right and i was like it took me a second i was like wait they all showed up in order according to the movie <laughs> <laughs> Like, it's so funny. But yes, let's talk about the music. I'm not going to go through every single one of them, but Martin can go on about at least with the Millennium Parade, You, and definitely Gales of Song. I think Gales of Song, we talked about it a lot during our drive home from Hollywood. Yes, But let's go ahead and talk about those two. I love the songs. But with *Millennium Parade*, uh, I think Martin, you had this like connection with like marching band uh, aesthetics to it.
1: Oh yeah, definitely. I was for all you new people listening in, I I was in marching band in high school, and you know, I just thought it was the coolest thing. That just to introduce Belle and everything, the song is like a marching band kind of song. It's a parade, they're going through the streets of you, and she's singing there, and it's a big old spectacle, and it's just amazing. But like in I I haven't heard the English I can't make any comparisons to it but they still like whoever they got for the person to sing for Bell like whoever the voice actress is she's did an amazing job there it was really good it was really powerful I could I just love the song it's one of my favorites in that entire movie.
0: I think one of my favorites was definitely Gales of Song, where she first appeared into you, and she starts singing. I I really like that a lot because the lyrics itself it just shows how much she's been holding back all this time, and she had no outlet. I cry at that song so many times. Like I was just like, (laughs) it was very
1: emotional. Like it made me cry too. How it just tugs at your heartstrings, and you know what? What I like is an added touch. She's not singing for anyone else over there. She's singing it just because she wants to. Because in that same scene... Wait, can I actually talk about that scene?
0: I think that scene, like the entire animation sequence of that song, like you made a really great argument for it with the piano tickles and stuff.
1: Yes, it's like the, the accompaniments there, it's just very... It does a lot for less. The piano doesn't steal away from the singer. If anything, it... Adds on and kind of calls and responses to what she's singing and doing and it it just makes it a lot more delicate I think when we were talking about before even the way how the piano is being played there's a lot of short notes are kind of accented you can call those staccatos or everything like that and it meant to represent like raindrops like pitter and pattering of raindrops are in the rain It's meant to emulate that and you could hear it, just the very delicate and just kind of the sad sound that it is that she's singing. As I was saying, like, she's not doing this for the people now watching her singing out in the streets of you. She's not doing it for them. She's just singing it for herself. In that scene, no one cares. It's like you're into this first introduction, how in the internet, no one really cares. They're just going by. It's like, why is she singing? It's like she should stop singing everything, but she doesn't. She's doing this for herself. She's letting all that pent-up emotion go. And you could feel it through the music. One thing I gotta praise about Bell, he added a lot more vocal songs into this movie, but he didn't just add it in there. It's they're actually really good, well thought out songs. This is what I always believe music should do. It's not just there to sound good. Music is there to accentuate any emotional feelings that a person can have. It's just to bring it out. That's what that scene is clearly doing. You could feel the pain that she's repressed for all that time.
2: I actually um compared the lyrics of Gyoza's song between the Japanese and the English. Mm-hmm. And both convey the same message, you know, of like, oh, lift me up music and guide me through this depressive time that I'm in. But the Japanese lyrics, they have actually a lot more anger in them than the English. Oh. There are some lines that translate saying, I hate you. Are you all happy? Do you have somebody you love? Cause I don't. Well, the, cause I don't part. I paraphrased, but that's basically like a part of the song. While in the English, it's, it's much more like sad and, emotional it's like i walk alone it's just me lost so far away from home it it showed how much of a different vibe that you're getting between the translations in the scene in japanese you could feel like oh my god yes i'm finally singing i'm letting my voice out but she's also just like here are all my emotions the anger the sadness the like disappointment and whatnot and then in english it's like you actually just feel the sad
1: that's actually really interesting that like even like it's just adding on to like how well these songs are thought out. Especially more so with the Japanese then. But like you're seeing multiple levels of emotions being shown. Now if I'm recalling it, you can kind of see that in the, in the animations itself. She's not just sad in the animations. You could see her struggling internally and you could see the frustration. Yeah, you
3: can definitely see the, the features switch from sad to angry back to sad but angry. It also ties in back to like before she enters you. And the old room, she was with all the notes scattered about all the harsh drawings that are just like scribbled on onto paper. It definitely shows in of song. It's probably my favorite song from the whole score. But yeah, looking at it now, I kind of wish it did also portray the anger in English rather than just sad. I was
0: like reading up onto it where they had an interview with anime news network had an interview with the english dub voice actor and she felt really connected to the character where she was that shy awkward high school student who has trouble showing her emotions so i think it's pretty darn close when you have such like a young talented voice actor be able to at least draw out some range of emotions there there was a scene where she's practicing by the river it was really cool because that was actually the uh japanese voice actor nakamura kaho or kaho nakamura the river scene was recorded on her iphone when she was humming oh. Oh. and then like they showed it to the uh to the english dub voice actor i was like whoa that's super cool And then they did it, too. I was like, oh, my God.
2: So then I was right before in a comment I made like before this uh, recording, I said, I wondered if the English voice actors got a chance to watch the movie in Japanese to to understand how the Japanese voice actors did it and how they can also like translate it in their own sense
0: yeah definitely and they put a lot of care into it both the sub and the dub i believe into this movie because of how much it's able to like connect with a lot of different people which you know Mamoru Hosoda does in a global sense which i think it's like super cool that both variations went through such great lengths into in order to make that possible what was your favorite song casey god i kind of i kind of zoomed over that one
2: (laughs) I mean, you kind of revealed how I rank them.
0: Oh my god! <laughs> um.
2: So yeah, my my favorite is you. It's because like at the start of the movie, it's so upbeat and it's so like hype. It it gets you into the vibe of the movie. It's like, oh man, I'm like, look at this magical world that's like huge and and full of so many possibilities. Like, oh, I'm ready. Let's go into the movie. Let's go. Like kind of. <laughs> Overall, I would like to
0: say that we all thoroughly enjoyed Belle so much through its ups and downs and ins and arounds.
1: Oh, I see what you did there. Oh my god, do it again.
2: Don't do it again.
0: (laughs) (laughs) But hopefully, I hope our audience who finished watching the movie and decided to take a closer look at this episode from Shukai, that they're able to get some insight. You know, what makes this movie really special to us? Because I think we all, all of us have a different reason this movie meant a lot more to us than just a cinematic anime movie.
3: It was for me. It was made for me. <laughs>
0: <sighs> Alright. So, thanks for listening. Check out our other podcasts on iTunes and all podcast apps. Check out our site, thegrandgeekgathering.com for our articles, videos, and more. You can stay updated from our Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, stream, and we also stream on Twitch. So come on and join the gathering. Have a great week. Compie and GGG!
2: GGG!
0: Remember, (laughs) you're my hero. (laughs)